What's up, guys? This is Mike. This is Dave, and you're listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast. What's up, guys? This is Mike, and welcome to episode 25 of the Mike and Dave Podcast, a quarter of the way to 100. So we're churning them out. Here we go. What's up, guys? This is Dave. And yeah, 25, it's a big number. Feeling good about it. Um, Let's just get straight into it. We've got a lot to cover in this episode. We're going to be covering March Madness. Of course, we're going to start with Off the Top. We're going to, of course, do a top five as we do every five episodes. And then we're going to, of course, have the hot seat and the fun fact at the end. So we're going to get right into it. And it was my turn to come up with the prop for this week. So, Mike, the NBA playoffs are coming up. I know you've got to be pretty hype about that. So here's what I'm going to have you do. I'm going to give you one minute to convince me that the Toronto Raptors will win the NBA Finals this year. Go. (laughs) Okay, well, they'll be riding through the six with their woes. They got Drake cheering them on, the champagne poppy. That'll do it. Which means they're going to be... Popping the the champagne and celebration at the end of the season. Uh, Home court advantage like none other except maybe Denver because you have to go to a whole other country to face them. Talking about customs check-ins. You're talking about like hassles at airlines. Uh, You got Scotty Barnes who hopefully won't miss layups in the postseason like he did at at All-Star Weekend. Yeah. You got Spicy P. Uh, maybe he'll play like he did with Kawhi Leonard on the team, and not like he did last year. Let's see. They're the they're currently like the uh, the sixth seed, I think. So they'll be facing probably like Boston. Boston's going to be playing without Robert Williams. Uh, so I don't really like how they match up defensively against Spicy P. So he'll be taking advantage of them. Um, I don't know how much I trust Brooklyn to keep up with them. Uh, this is tough, man. Uh, it's easier to just say that Toronto is not winning and and put my money on it. Okay, well, that's that's not what this is about. I don't care if you don't actually believe that these... And you're going to do this two more times, by the way. I don't, I don't care that if you don't actually believe that they're going to win. Your job, your sole purpose in life at this moment is to convince me that these three teams are going to like have a good chance or are going to win the NBA Finals this year. So, I'm a, you know, I'll just go ahead and take what you said about Toronto. They've got Drake on their side. Spicy P's had a good season. Pascal Siakam, if anybody who doesn't know his nickname. Um Scotty Barnes, of course, my guy Florida State. But all right. Next you've got the Utah Jazz. The Stifle Tower. Rudy Gobert. Um, a defensive stalwart in the middle. We've sung his praises on this podcast before. Donovan Mitchell, while inconsistent, can score with the best of them in the NBA. Um, albeit not like over the course of a season. He's not exactly in the running for the scoring, uh, scoring title. But... On a game-to-game basis, he's capable of dropping 40. We've seen him do it in the playoffs before. We'll see him do it again plenty of times this postseason. 
there are rumblings that Quinn Snyder uh, could be in the running for the Lakers coaching job after they inevitably fire Frank Vogel this summer. And that means he'll have something to prove in the playoffs. I've, we've definitely sung his praises plenty of times. Phenomenal coach. Uh, he has built that team up in Utah like, like I don't think anyone could have expected really out of him. Um, but I think he's he's got the stuff in terms of uh, coaching acumen. And who in the West is going to out-rebound Gobert? The, if I'm if I'm the Jazz, I'm not really frightened by any other post player in the West. Uh, we know that Steph is going to be coming off of an injury, so that makes the Warriors a little less scary. Uh, don't even get me started on Anthony Data Davis. The Lakers probably aren't even going to make the play in. Uh, Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton was made to look like a puppy against the Bucks in the finals. So I don't I'm not worried about Gobert handling him. I I just see the Jazz having too much defensive uh, well, defensive versatility, first of all. That team plays defense like it's their mission. And then Donovan Mitchell being the type of player that can put a team on his back offensively. I think the Jazz has have enough firepower and work well enough as a team and 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 are well coached enough to overpower any team that's coming at them. Okay. So Toronto has Drake. The Jazz have Quinn Snyder. Okay. It's pretty close so far. Third team. You already know I had to do this. The Atlanta Hawks. Tell me why the ATL is going to bring home the championship this year. Okay, got plenty of reasons. Number one, first and freaking foremost, the curse has been lifted by your Atlanta Braves. A. We know that it's possible to win a championship in Atlanta now, which is an amazing thing. We have a great coach as well. For all that I was saying about the impact of Quinn Snyder, Nate McMillan is a great coach. Look at last year's uh, NBA Finals, where we had the Bucks facing the Suns and Bucks inevitably winning. We were we were hanging in there with the Bucks, and without an injury to Trey Young, I don't know that we still lose that series. And I think we would have beaten Phoenix had it been us instead of the Bucks, a, a healthy Hawks team. I think the Hawks have stumbled a lot this year. This has definitely been a, a step back instead of a step forward that we were hoping for. But we're going to make the play-in. Uh, pretty much all that's left to be determined in terms of the Hawks' like playoff standing is where do like 7 through 10, in what order are those going to be? But the Hawks are going to be in that. Uh, so if we win one, maybe two games, we'll be in the playoffs and we'll face either the Heat or the Bucks in the first series. And like I just said, we showed that we were capable of hanging in there with the Bucks. And without an injury, I think we could have, to Trey Young, we could have beaten them. Maybe Trey Young doesn't get hurt this year, and we actually proved that. If we beat the Bucks though, in the first round, which I think is the most likely scenario, like the most likely matchup that we get, then I'm confident against the rest of the East and I think the Hawks would have enough confidence in themselves after that that they would propel themselves to the finals. And the Bucks have got to be the scariest team in the NBA, in my opinion. Um, 
I love Miami, um, but I mean they're the defending champs with Giannis on Tetsukumpo. That's got to be the scariest team. If, if we can knock them out, like I know we can, then you know what's stopping us after that. So you think the Bucks are still scarier than the Suns, even after the Suns ran it back and have by far the best record in the NBA this year? I absolutely do. I, I mean, let, not to be a hater, but let's call it like it is. Chris Paul still has not won a championship. You know how I feel about Devin Booker. I was talking about DeAndre Ayton becoming a puppy in the finals. The, the Suns look fantastic. A great regular season for them this season. And they did go to the finals last year. I just don't know if they have it in them. I, I don't think that they have what it takes to just, you know, cross the finish line. But the Bucks, the Bucks, we've seen them cross the finish line. Okay. So there you have it. Toron- either Toronto, the Jazz, or the Hawks okay. are going to win the NBA Finals this year. You heard it from Mike here first, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, we're going to wrap up our off-the-top segment. And when we come back, we're going to break down March Madness and uh, congratulate the Kansas Jayhawks for winning this year's tournament. All right, so the college basketball season has reached its conclusion, and we have crowned two champions. For the women, we've got South Carolina. Hey, I called that one. (laughs) Yay. And then for the men, we've got Kansas. I did not call that one. That's fine. Whatever. They beat UNC 72-69. to And I I didn't, even before that one game, I, I thought UNC was going to win. But we have plenty to talk about from that game. Dave, what are some of your like big takeaways from this game? It was interesting to see how Kansas managed to come back after that really poor first half, um, really put on a, a great defensive performance uh, in the second half against a UNC team that we had seen uh, that was able to score and put up points against anyone. Kansas was able to shut them down when it mattered most. I think UNC probably had the most momentum coming off, of course, coming um, out of that huge win against Duke. But Kansas showed, you know, why they were one of the best teams in the country all year and managed to pull it out in the clutch. I mean, North Carolina shot the ball extremely poorly. I mean, 31% from the floor, 21% from three. That's not really going to get it done most of the time. Really, the only thing that they could do is just grab literally almost every board, it seemed like. Um, They were out-rebounding them like crazy, especially offensive rebounds. Um, They were creating a lot of second-chance opportunities. But like I said, it wasn't quite enough. Um, Kansas got a couple of, um, you know, performances from a lot of their guys. I mean, it was really spread out across um, five different guys is scoring at least. So, you know, shout out to Kansas, UNC. I mean, they definitely did better than anyone would have expected at the beginning of the tournament, except for UNC fans. And, um, you know, they gave it a good run, but Kansas just proved to have just a little bit more in the tank. Shout out to Hubert Davis. Like, aside from actually winning the championship, like, you can't really ask for a better first year as UNC's basketball coach. You beat you beat Duke in Coach K's final home game. Then you beat him out of the tournament in his final year. You beat 
number one seeded Baylor, uh, you win almost three times as many games as you lose, going twenty nine and ten for the like whole season, and you are you only lose the championship by three to a one seed in Kansas. Like great first season coaching. Um, let's see. So the first half, UNC scored sixteen unanswered. And in the last six minutes of that first half, Kansas only scored one time. And yet UNC still loses. Like, shout out to Kansas for coming back. But UNC, like, one thing Hubert definitely needs to focus on going into next season is, like, holding on to the lead. Because that's what UNC was unable to do. Now, Armando Baycott, like, props to him for playing hurt and especially rebounding, he was a monster. I mean, you mentioned the rebounding. UNC out-rebounded Kansas 55-35. to 35. My goodness. You had three guys on UNC's roster get double-doubles with rebounds. But looking at their shooting percentages, like Baycott, 3 of 13. R.J. Davis, 5 of 17. Caleb Love, 5 of 24. A, a choke job. Like, Caleb Love, when you watch like, that Duke game, he he was a man on a mission. He couldn't be stopped when he wanted to score. And that was not there for them against Kansas. Now, I don't fault him for missing what would have been the game winner at the very end. But if you watch like the last like four or five minutes, I just got the impression from Caleb Love that he wanted to be the reason that they won. And I think, unironically, because of that, he became the reason that they lost. Now... Brady Manick, I feel bad for him because of that slip at the end. Like, that's rough. Uh, I think that their goal would have been to find him coming off that right corner. Uh, I think they, especially given the night that Love had been having, they would have trusted him to take that the three that they needed. He's, But, you know, he fell. He didn't have an opportunity to take that shot. And then when he eventually got that offensive rebound, he passed it out of bounds that's like a really rough like 15 second window for him. I I feel for him, but looking beyond this like the last 30 seconds or so, this just feels like a choke up for UNC. They they had it at halftime, they were by far the better looking team and they just gave it away. Couldn't execute at the end. Yeah. And I mean, that's in my mind that's what happens when you've got some of these teams that are, that have a bunch of young guys too. Um, you know, Kansas, uh, slightly more experienced roster and, and coach, honestly, um, you know, able to just kind of pull through at the end when they needed to. And yeah, I mean, what you said about Caleb Love, it just seemed like he was just really forcing it, you know, like he had, he knew that he could do it because he had done it against Duke. But, sometimes the best leaders are the ones who know how to like share the spotlight, you know? And if like, it was obvious his shot wasn't falling the whole game. Let one of your, let one of your teammates, you know, or, or, or maybe that was the coach. Maybe the coach was like drawing up the plays and trying to get Caleb love to shoot. Regardless, he was not the right option. I thought that was pretty clear though. To be honest, nobody really shot great. Pretty much Manic was the only one who had a decent night shooting the ball. So 
And I will say one other thing. Why is the game so late? <laughs> like, it's like 11 p.m. and the game isn't over yet. It's a Monday night. Like, I mean, granted, I normally, it's not like I go to sleep by 11 most nights, but still, I was like trying to stay awake <laughs> while watching this game. I'm like, all right, <laughs> why couldn't we have started this earlier? It's a little off topic, but I mean, come on. It, whatever was before that on TBS couldn't have been that important. And they insist on having it on a Monday night. I mean, I know college football does the same thing, but like, come on. <laughs> Weekend games. See, like Super Bowl Sunday. It's even alliterative. They See, they know. Are, are they going for March Madness Monday? Triple alliteration. I guess what they need to do is think about the boys on the Mike and Dave podcast and, and what we want, because I, I don't know what could be more important. I couldn't agree more in the interest of giving just a couple more shout outs. Cause we did, you know, shout out both the coaches and well, I, I don't know if we named him, but Bill self, there you go. Good job. Uh, but I will say there was plenty of NBA talent on that floor too. Like several of those guys are going to have NBA careers in front of them. And, just to name two that we haven't said yet, Oche Abaji, he's going to be in the NBA. And as a solid two-way player, I think. Um, Leaky Black has a career as a as a perimeter defender in the NBA. I just got to say it. What a name that is. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. If you, uh, if you didn't watch the game or, you know, you were kind of in and out or whatever, and you want an indication of how well leaky black played don't look at the box score he's the type of player for whom the stats don't do justice uh great defender very disruptive and like this is the kind of player just as a hawks fan that i would love to have someone that we can just put out there to work as a like as a defensive menace uh so those aren't the only two guys that will have pro pro careers from this game but those were two that we hadn't mentioned yet that i want to give a quick shout out to for sure and shout out to everybody whose bracket was better than mine, which is most people's. Yeah, it doesn't really narrow it down. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But another year, another busted bracket. Um, you know, it is what it is. But still, of course, an exciting tournament. Um, and, you know, March Madness... I like every year I feel like lives up, lives up to its reputation and it's just something to look forward to every year. Cause you know, it's going to deliver. So once again, congratulations to Kansas bill self, that whole roster. Um, and now we get to look forward to the NBA draft, which is what I'm really excited about. So, you know, we'll definitely cover that on this podcast at a later date, but for now that'll wrap up our March madness recap. And now we're going to get into one of our favorite segments, top five. So stick around. All right. It's episode 25. That's a multiple of five. So you already know it's time for top five. In the past, we've done our favorite football players ever. We've done our favorite sports moments. We've done our favorite current NBA players. We've done our favorite uniforms. This one's a little different because, you know, we don't want to do the same thing over and over again. 
We're going to hit y'all with our five favorite sports video games of all time. And just to clarify real quick, if if it's part of like a bigger series, like like let's say, I don't know, Madden, we're not going to do like, oh, Madden 15 and then Madden 20. We would just say like Madden as a as a series, understanding that it gets updated sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse on a year-to-year basis. So. Dave, I'm going to give you the honors of going first, so let's get at your your top five favorite sports video games of all time. All right. Coming in at number five, we've got Tony Hawk's Underground 2 on the GameCube. This was a classic. Um, if you had a GameCube back, I mean, this was like, I think it was released in like 2004 or something. Uh, this was really fun. Obviously, a skateboarding game. Very over the top, just kind of ridiculous. I mean, Shrek was like you could use Shrek as one of your skate as your skateboarder character. It was just it was kind of ridiculous, but it was really fun at the same time. And you, you know, got to go in different cities all over the world and graffiti and skate and like do crazy tricks and all this stuff. It was pretty interesting. But, you know, I spent a lot of hours on the GameCube playing that one. So that one comes in at number five. Number four, FIFA, um, which. I'll go ahead and say FIFA 14 out of all of them was my favorite. And that's just because that's the first one I ever had. Um, And that's what really started getting me into soccer. Um, I hadn't really been into it other than like the cliche, like world cup or whatever. Um, But I started, you know, enjoying playing, started to, you know, get to know players, get to know teams, all that. And now I follow soccer um, almost as much as I do with all the other, you know, traditional American you know, top sports. So FIFA, I kind of owe that to FIFA. So that one comes in at number four. Number three is 2K. Um, 2K is probably the sports video game that I play the most now. Um, I don't play as much as I used to, but still I've enjoyed that one. Probably 2K20 out of all of them. That's the one I spend the most time on, at least. I enjoy the franchise mode or my league. Um, of course, I enjoy like the my career where you can build your own player, all of that. Um, both of those are pretty fun. And Mike and I have a very long-standing tradition of like running a, like a my league franchise together. Um, we've been doing it for I don't even know how many years now. So it, it had to be up there for me, but it could not top the top two. Coming in at number two, you already know I had to include Wii Sports in this. Wii Sports is an iconic game of our time. I mean, you've got tennis, you've got baseball, bowling. I mean, personally, I liked the golf. Um, The golf one was the one I played the most, but tennis was really fun. I got really good at the tennis. Boxing was the fifth one, and that was actually like a decent workout. I mean, you had like, you were legit like, you know, before virtual reality and all that, you were legit just like dodging and weaving and jabbing and hooking. I mean, it was pretty intense. Um, So I have to give a shout out to... Mike is just uh, losing it over there. You know, I was thinking about Wii Sports. I just didn't think you'd actually put it in your top five. I respect it. That's funny. 
I mean, I guess, but like legitimately, it was really fun <laughs> to play. Um, no, I'm not dissing. We tennis was fun as hell. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, a lot of these games are fun because they are like a genuine simulation of the actual games. And so for someone like me, who is 5'8 on a good day, I'm never sniffing being able to dunk a basketball or probably like hit a home run in an actual major league ballpark or whatever. So I really enjoy those, but there is some, something that was just kind of fun to the more arcadey style. And that's what we sports brought to the table along with just the best like theme music of all time. But before we get to my number one, I have to say a couple of honorable mentions Madden is one of those. I mean, I think out of all the traditional sports franchise games, Madden is the one that annoys me the most because I really feel like they just do not do anything to it. EA Sports, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Um, But, you know, I have owned quite a few different Madden games and they've been fun. So I have to give that a shout out. And then MLB The Show, um, Originally, it was just on PlayStation. That's actually the reason why I switched to PlayStation and I got a PlayStation 4 is because MLB The Show was coming out only on PlayStation. So that's why I decided to go with that. And that's just been really fun. Obviously, I'm a huge baseball guy, so I've enjoyed playing those as well. But now on to number one. It had to be the one, the only Mario Kart Double Dash. Don't give me any of these Mario Kart Wii, Mario Kart whatever they do now no the best mario kart and i will die on this hill was mario kart double dash so so good i am willing to say unless they're like those crazy people out there who like do mario kart tournaments or something i'm not about that but any like normal person out there i am willing to bet we'll let's do the all cup tour 150 cc's i will smoke you I'm a beast of that game. And there's just something about it, especially when you throw the green shell and you time it perfectly and you hit the guy in front of you. It's just chef's kiss. So it had to be Mario Kart. That was my absolute favorite. I actually played it the other day and I will never get tired of it. So that it had to be that. So just to recap, number five, Tony Hawk's Underground 2. Number four, FIFA. Number three, 2K. Number two, Wii Sports. And number one, Mario Kart Double Dash. Mike, what are your thoughts? I know how much you love Mario Kart Double Dash. I was ready for that one. Um, I was guessing that you would put MLB in your actual top five. Um, And there's one that I'll have in my top five that I was super confident was going to be in yours and i was i was mistaken but yeah i um you got some classics there i respect the wii sports i respect um the classic that is the tony hawk series um i when we were when i was putting my list together i was like i understand that it's a classic but i just didn't play it enough to put in my top five but respect to the game itself but that's a solid list so number five got the forza series now this is mainly so i can get my fill of a racing game uh when i was younger i played gran turismo 
Uh, so if you put that over Forza, that's fine. I'm not going to like die on that hill. Um, but what I love about Forza or as a racing game is that it's something that's just like super chill for me. Like unlike, okay. In Madden, you know, if you're playing like a football game or something, then you have to like put some effort into reading the defense or same thing with 2k to an extent, but the simplicity of just like running the track, I guess, is just like really good as a sort of cool down game for me. And so whether it's Gran Turismo or Forza, I put Forza up here because that's what I actually play now, but I had to have like a racing simulator there. At number four, I was really hoping you wouldn't put this so that I could beat you to it. The Backyard Sports franchise with my guy, Pablo Sanchez. I can't believe I forgot about that. Kenny Kawaguchi in the wheelchair. Man, this game was ahead of its time. Uh, you got your backyard baseball, your backyard basketball, backyard football, soccer, hockey, straight up. So I feel like this type of game, just in terms of graphics, if you look up, look it up now, it's not going to age well. But it's the nostalgia. And so I had this... I had like all five of those games that I just listed off as like PC games when I was like in elementary school. And it's something that I would play with my dad a lot, like starting with backyard football. And I feel like those games had a lot to do with me getting interested in sports. I mean, they're simple and dumb, but they're, they're fun. And, you know, it just made me want to learn more about sports. I think the reason for that is that most of them, had just a couple like professional athletes that they put into the game uh like backyard football had like barry sanders brett Favre, randall cunningham and a few other like jerry rice and so like just being inquisitive as a kid i like oh let me learn more about these players and you know that just kind of sparked the interest so i had to put that there number three this is the one i thought would be on your list somewhere even if just as an honorable mention ncaa football now we we've been without this game for a tragic eight years. I understand why we haven't had this game in a while. You would have to pay the college players for their likeness. And you know, that's just been a huge can of worms for the last pretty much decade, but NCAA 14, the last edition with my man, Denard Robinson on the cover for all the crap that's wrong with Madden, like NCAA did not really have that much in terms of like flaws. Uh, the gameplay was pretty smooth, but you had way more teams to choose from because you had the entire like college football database and you could um, just pick whatever team you're a fan of and operate that that um, dynasty, like build a dynasty if it wasn't one already and operate that for like 30 years into the future. And because, you know, you're not going to have a player for more than like four years, there's all this like turnaround that keeps the game fresh. You get to recruit prospects. Just a great game all around. And, you know, it allowed me to live in the fantasy world where Michigan could be successful and actually beat Ohio State on a regular basis. Number two, the NBA 2K series. Um, I have bought this game, with the exception of 2K21, I have bought this game every year since 2007. Like... I am loyal to this game and it's be obviously it's because like basketball is my first love in life. Like there's it's it's my favorite sport and 
you know, the, the big seller is the my career you make yourself and it allows me to do something that I can't do in real life. Uh, be successful at basketball, you know, don't, uh, shoot threes at a high clip. Uh, but in more recent years, like there's the social element where like, you know, Dave and I being a few hours apart, you know, we can still play that game together online and like work cooperatively on that. So that's like, to me, like that's the big part of it now. Before I get into number one, a couple honorable mentions. I also put Madden as an honorable mention, but there are so many like meme worthy uh, glitches in this year's especially, but just as a rule, EA Sports doesn't really seem to care much about the gameplay of that game so much as just churning out the next product and i don't i refuse to give them the shine of being on my top five without fixing that stuff and to be real if ncaa was still making games i wouldn't really have an interest in madden i would just play college football another honorable mention when i was a kid my parents and i would go to the movie theater from time to time and there was a reason that i always needed to make sure that my mom or dad had quarters with them and that was so that I could play Hydro Thunder at the movie theater. The 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 boat racing game. Yeah. I mean terrible graphics. I don't care. It was it was fun. That is what like sports video games are supposed to be about. It's just about having fun. So whether that's like Wii Sports or hydro thunder or whatever i mean i don't think it really matters too much as if you're having a a lot of fun with a game then like that's what's important yeah i i agree with that and and hydro thunder was just that fun like i'm gonna pass the time while they're standing in line rhyming accidentally uh one more honorable mention the nba street uh series but they're the honorable mention because they can't compete with my number one favorite sports series of all time, NFL Street. Most or mainly one and two. Uh, if you if you pick up three, like that's fine. It's okay enough. But one and two are the big ones. Uh, these both came out in two thousand four. One in January and two in December, which is just funny to think about. Oh. We're, She's going to put out our sequel 11 months later. But all the fun of football and all the entertainment of urban culture, let's call it. Uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's the players that were in the league dressed in street clothing, uttering street phrases uh, in urban slang, seven on seven. You play both sides of the ball. You got your players like doing these weird celebrations and uh showboating and like smack talking like oh that's your man right there the big fat dude like all this like this is a gem of a game playstation 2 original xbox like on those systems but look up a video of this game it is just too funny how you were talking about being good at at double dash is how i feel about street 2 I feel like I can count on one hand how many times I've lost in my life in that like 18 year period. It's top tier, but that wraps up my top five. So to recap, we got Forza, the backyard sports series, NCAA football, NBA 2K and NFL street. 
All right. So I've got to admit, I did not think about doing the backyard series. If I had to like, if I could go back, which I am, I am going to go back because I can do whatever I want. Um, <laughs> that that's going to take the place of Tony Hawk and Tony Hawk's going to have to go in the honorable mention. Um, because backyard baseball, backyard soccer, those two specifically, I really, really enjoyed as a kid. And I just completely forgot about that whole like PC, like where, you know, that was a much bigger thing. I mean, obviously PC gaming is really big now, but like that type of PC gaming, um, I just come like kind of forgot about it, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, those were classic and NCAA. I definitely should have put it in my honorable mentions. I didn't play it as much. Um, I only played it after we started rooming together in college. Um, but it was really fun. And something you said really struck me. If they did start making NCAA again, I wouldn't play Madden. I I'm with you. I would just do NCAA and buy that as my football fix instead of, instead of Madden because it was really enjoyable. You still get the whole building a dynasty, but you get to recruit all of your players. You get to choose like, and you don't have to deal with like the free agency and like try to figure out the salary cap situation to keep all of the guys you've dra- you've drafted and stuff. No, like sure. The guys who are great, like end up graduating or whatever, but there's always an endless, like more five-star recruits that you can try to, you know, seduce or whatever. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's just a, a way better game and the gameplay was better too. Um, especially I'm just imagining what it would be like now, eight years later or however long um, it was. So yeah, I definitely forgot about those two. So I'm going to put backyard sports at number five and then I'm just going to add NCAA as an honorable mention for me. All right, that wraps up our top five favorite sports video games ever. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show with our hot seat, fun fact, and our outro. So stick around. All right, we're back, and it's time to close out the show, as always, with the hot seat and then the fun fact. Mike, who do we have on the hot seat for this week? Finally, we get to put a Philadelphia 76er on the hot seat without it being Ben Simmons. Good riddance. Joel Embiid. Now... Joel Embiid has been balling all season, but he's probably not going to win MVP. That honor will most likely go to Nikola Jokic again. Now, when asked about winning MVP, here's what Joel Embiid had to say. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, I don't know what I have to do. I'll feel like they hate me. I feel like the standard for guys in Philly or for me is different than everyone else. (laughs) Is that what you think? Because just looking at this statistically, you score about three and a half more points a game. But Jokic shoots nine percentage points higher than you, gets over two more rebounds than you, gets like twice as many assists as you. He's more efficient. He has more win shares than you. Embiid is better at scoring, but he's not going to be the MVP over Jokic. Jokic just does too much for his team um, at a more efficient level for Embiid to get uh, MVP over him this year. Now, 
that doesn't mean that the voters are haters. It doesn't mean they're something against you. It doesn't mean the goalposts have shifted or whatever. It just means that out of 450-plus basketball players in the uh, in the NBA this season, you are second best this season? I feel like that's not an insult. Yeah, I mean, I've, Embiid has been obviously a very good player for the past several years. And I think at this point, it's kind of like, what more do I have to do? But you have to be the best. And right now, Jokic is the best. That's what it comes down to. I mean, even if you go outside of just the normal counting stats, yeah, Joel Embiid had to deal with the whole Ben Simmons situation this season, which was unfortunate. But I think some people forget Denver didn't have Jamal Murray the entire year and Michael Porter Jr. almost the entire year. So he didn't, like, it's been Jokic and a bunch of other just more or less role players over there in Denver. And like, sure, they don't have as good of a record as the Sixers do, but the Sixers have a better roster. I think overall, it's got to be said. So Embiid, he's known for his antics. He's known for just kind of saying crazy stuff. So it's actually kind of surprising that he hasn't made the hot seat before this, to be honest. But now he's made it episode 25. Congratulations to, to him. Uh, but unfortunately, that's the only congratulations he's going to get and the only award he's going to get other than biggest sore loser. Now, moving on to my fun fact for this week, I wanted to piggyback off of something that happened uh, a couple episodes ago. You may have heard me re- referred to as Dave Shakespeare. And that I thought, I thought that kind of had a ring to it. So I thought, you know, let's just lean into that and have the fun fact be about Shakespeare. For those of you who don't know, Mike has a master's degree in English, so he knows Shakespeare much more than I do. Uh, So I thought maybe he probably already knows this, but all of you out there, this was definitely news to me. So something that I never realized about Shakespeare is that he invented over 1,700 of words that we commonly use in the English language, including, but not limited to, champion, deafening, eyeball, generous, laughable, obscene, skim milk. Yes, he actually created the term skim milk and obviously a bunch of other ones. But I mean, this whole list is just a bunch of words that we would use on an everyday basis. Oh, I forgot one. Swagger. Yes. Shakespeare actually invented the word swagger. Tell me that's not a fun fact. That is fun. So I knew that he uh, invented a lot of words. I did not know swagger or champion were among those. Uh, Some that I knew about off top were like lackluster. Um, Dwindle which is in my favorite uh, my favorite play, Henry IV Part One, because I'm not basic as hell. <laughs> but yeah, dwindle. It's a fun word, underused. Use it today. That's your challenge. But yeah, swagger, yeah, that beats out any of mine. <laughs> Had a boy, Shakespeare. I'm proud of you. So 
And there, there was kind of an interesting dynamic to this too. So like for instance, elbow was a noun before Shakespeare, but he was the first to actually use it as a verb. Like you elbow somebody. I just think it's amazing that someone could just take words and just cr- like create new ones out of them or create new meanings out of them. And like, because of that one guy that has shaped a lot of an entire language now that's you know one of the most commonly spoken if not the most commonly spoken language in the world because of just one guy i mean talk about a legacy sure he he wrote all of these plays and blah 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 whatever arguably his contribution to the english language might be even more profound than anything he ever like any actual piece he ever wrote yeah, it's it's funny, like, imagine just, like, growing up in school and, like, writing your, you know, writing your essay for class or whatever, and you're just like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make up a word. And just, like, the teacher's going to live with it. But Shakespeare actually, like, pulled it off. Um, yeah, English is, I can't remember if it's the second or third most commonly spoken language, because I know Mandarin is, like, num- is number one, but... But yeah, so much of the world speaks English. And so people in like countries all over the world are using words like unknowingly attributable to Shakespeare, which is absolutely crazy. Um, And I like the idea of, you know, what you're saying about elbow, like, oh, it was a noun, but now it's like use it as a verb. Like, I feel like we just feel silly, like trying to do that now. Like I was trying to like look around the room to like come up with an example. And like my first thought was table, but that actually is a thing. Like, oh, we can table this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. like, I don't know, let's uh let's lamp this room up and it's really dark in here. Let's lamp it up. I don't know. It kinda has a ring to it. But yeah, I think I think a lot of it is just like, who does this guy think he is? <laughs> like I've never heard it said that way before. But to be fair, if you think about it, I mean how many words are actually added to the like the dictionary each year? I mean stuff like selfie, for instance. Not that I'm trying to compare the word selfie to the word champion or swagger. <laughs> That's, I think those are on different levels. But, I mean, it is interesting. Someone somewhere had to come up with the word selfie. And it just caught on. And now, like, everybody knows what that means. You know what I'm imagining now? Like, being one of the actors in a Shakespeare play. Like, at the time, right? Uh one of the OG actors and just like reading the script and being like, is this a, is this a misprint? Like what it, what is dwindle? Or like, what do you mean elbow this person? Is that supposed to be something else? Like hit without, and Shakespeare's just like sitting on the side, like, trust me, I'm an artist. It's going to work. Right. I mean, like there are a couple other ones that are cool, like cold blooded, like that's a really cool like adjective that you can use to describe somebody. Wasn't like Unreal one of those like in Macbeth or something? Yep, Unreal was one. Yep. And of course, I mentioned this before but skim milk. Like so random. Th- yeah, that one's like why? <laughs> what play does it say what play that was in? It does not. But 
you do have the aforementioned master's degree in English, so I'll just assume that you were right. Oh, no, about skim milk, I have no idea. I wanna I wanna find it. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so that's my fun fact of the episode. And thanks to Shakespeare for giving us really cool words, I guess. Uh but that's gonna wrap up this episode, uh episode twenty five. We had a bunch of stuff that we were going to put in this episode, but we're just going to like do part two of reviewing our NFL team tier list uh, in a bonus episode, which is going to come out next Friday. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for that. And don't worry, we'll have another episode the week after that. So for the second time in podcast history, we're giving you not one, not two, but three straight weeks of podcast releases. Because we care. And because this episode would have been insanely long <laughs> if we if we hadn't done that. So I hope you enjoyed our uh, top fives. Um, shout out to any Kansas fans if you're listening to this. Uh, <laughs> congratulations on your win. Which, one other thing I forgot to mention. You know, 2020, Kansas was looking really nice. And was one of the potential favorites to win that year's tournament. And of course, that whole season was canceled and they didn't have March Madness. So I think this tournament, it was kind of like a redemption for them. What's crazy, since you mentioned it, it's like you'd say the same thing about South Carolina's women's team. Like they were the presumed favorite that year as well. And when the championship got shut down, so a sort of like cosmic, like reckoning or something. (laughs) Karma. For sure. If you haven't already, make sure to uh, give us a five-star review slash rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And Mike mentioned it earlier, but uh, you can find us at Mike and Dave Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can interact with us there. And we're looking forward to uh, finishing up our NFL team tier list. And after that, it's NFL draft season, which I guess it already is, but... It's NFL Draft podcast time. So we're really looking forward to that. If you know us, then you know whether that's NBA or NFL. It's one of my favorite things is to see who, you know, which player goes where and fits and all that. So we're looking forward to recording that episode as well. And that'll be coming out the Friday after next on the 22nd. You mentioned using our social media to talk to us about your top five sports video games. But with the NFL draft coming up and, you know, as a result, we'll be recording our like draft preview before too long. Let us know on our social media if you have questions going into the draft that we could look to answer for you. Questions like, hey, I'm a Bills fan. What should my team be looking for in the draft? Or uh, where do you think this player should go uh, what round should this player get drafted? Uh, questions like that. We'd uh, definitely be able to take those into consideration. Uh, maybe those make points on our next episode. So by all means, reach out to us on that front as well. And again, that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike and Dave Pod. But until next Friday, this has been Mike. This has been Dave, and you've been listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast. Hey.